when it just brings me to tears. Guys, like 120 people came to know Jesus, and it was on the back of our weaknesses, and God's power was displayed through the weakness of our family, and it was an honor to do it. Welcome to The Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. This podcast is here to advance the revolution Jesus started, a revolution of the free, the fire starters, the troublemakers, and the zealots. I interview people who I think are awesome, who have heard that revolutionary call and are going after Jesus with their whole heart. If you listen to this show and join our community, I know God is going to speak to you. I believe God wants to change the world through you, through your unique gifts and talents He's given you. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life, a voice that says, with God you can, and with God you will. Let's get rolling. Guys, today... I believe I've got a key for you that it's going to help unlock even more of God's power in your life. But like much of the things in the kingdom of God, it's not going to make sense. And what I'm talking about is the wisdom of weakness or maybe the theology of weakness. It's actually not something I've ever heard preached, uh, but yet it's in the Bible. And specifically, it's really seen in Paul's life. And, um, uh, you know, it's, there, it's one of these deep mysteries of the kingdom of God uh, that, that it's just, uh, you don't really get to own it until you walk through it. And so I'm going to go through a number of scriptures, particularly from Paul, about weakness. And I'll just uh, start this with a story to kind of give you an example. So, guys, my book, Fatherhood Faceplants. Um, it has been a long journey. You're going to hear more about it. Hey, you can buy it on Amazon now. Uh, so if, uh, that's maybe the official announcement on the podcast. You can buy Fatherhood Faceplants on Amazon. Go get it today. But in writing this book, one of the things that I had to deal with was there's going to be some things my kids are going to find out about me personally and about how I interacted with their mother and how I interacted with them that they did not know. So it was going to potentially change their perception of me. It was a high-risk venture. And you know what the, you know what's powerful about this? Is that when I showed my weakness to my kids, what I thought would come back was, oh, we are so disappointed in you. We cannot believe that you are really this awful. But what came back was love and grace and and a praise to God for everything he's done in my life. That was not what I was expecting. And so that's just like one personal example of, of how that looked like in my own story. Um, so uh, let's let's get into it. There's, there's so many good scriptures I want to do. I, I, I want to uh, start off with a powerful um, word from a, a lady, an older lady in the Lord, who's just walked with the Lord in many years, and she said this, the church's building up is, uh, the church's building up is in its undoing. I'll say it again. The church's building up is in its undoing. And I will paraphrase her, her quote. The family's building up. The individual's building up. The community's building up is in its undoing. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, the kingdom of God does not ride on your personal strengths. The kingdom of God rides 
on your weaknesses. What does that mean? Well, that's where we're going to be getting into some scriptures. So let's why don't we start in Matthew, Matthew 18, um, 3 and 4. And um, you guys will know this verse. And Jesus says, as um, the children are coming to him, and the disciples are kind of like shooing them away. And this is what Jesus says in um, 18, 3 and 4. He says, I tell you the truth. Jesus is not lying. I tell you the truth. Unless you change. Let's just start right there. Unless you change. Guys, like there is going to be a change needed to be able to enter into the power of God through your individual weakness. Uh, it's You're going to have to change because it's not going to feel like it's the right thing to do. I, I'm just telling you. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. So there's going to be some change in your mindset in your view of what you should or should not do and how you should present yourself uh, to others. Um, yeah, man, there's so much here I could go through. I, I think I want to start um, with some ideas yeah, that you've heard, right? So let's start with this one. Man, I'm, you know, I'm around a lot of men's ministries. I've seen this stuff. Uh, not ministry, and also just men in general. And I, I've heard this. I've seen it. Uh, let's start with this. Only the strong survive. Right? Darwin, social Darwinism. Only the strong survive. Right? Is that a biblical concept? Uh, I would say no. Here's another one. Pain is just weakness leaving the body. Right? You know, for all the people that love to pump weights. Right? It's just weakness leaving the body. You're forcing it to leave. What a masculine, strong thing to do. Is that a biblical idea? When the going gets tough, the tough get going. When the going gets tough, assumed, hey, you tough person who can handle it, who's got it all together, you get going. Right? Here's another one. This is, a, this is a, you know, you've heard this one. Never let them see you sweat. Never let them see you sweat. Like here I am feeling like God is leading me into being honest in my book, Fatherhood's Face Plants, and it potentially destroying the perception and my relationship with my kids. I am going directly against this quote. Never let them see you sweat. Right? It's the perception. Let's, let's maintain the perception of strength when God knows the reality is it's bogus. Right? I mean, come on, guys. I mean, social media. It's the perception Everything's perception. It's not the kingdom of God. It's not the kingdom of God. You know, the kingdom of God is seen in people's real, real, tangible lives. The good and the bad. You know, I had a guest on, oh, I'll get to the scripture in a minute, but I had a guest on many years ago, a guy named Dan Bauman. He's one of my heroes of the faith. And he, it's a, it was a podcast called Imprisoned in Iran. He was imprisoned in Iran. He went on the word of the Lord to go to Iran to preach and to bring the gospel. How 
awesome, you know, and big of just, you know, how awesome is that? Uh, when he left the country, he got, he got imprisoned, thrown into uh, jail, him and his friend. Uh, they were accused of being CIA sp spies. You know, in the, in the end of the story, you know, he, you got to listen to the podcast. You never, again, you've never, he's like a modern day apostle. That's the only way I can describe him. Um, and uh, he stands before the court, the highest court. And they were basically saying, why did you come here? Knowing that he will potentially be penalized by death. He preaches the gospel with cameras on to the judge and, and everything, knowing it will cost him his own life. I mean, come on. I mean, that is amazing. What do you learn in his book, Imprisoned in Iran? Before that moment, he tried to commit suicide in his cell four times. We don't like that part of the story, right? He's a superhero. He's a spiritual superhero, just like you're supposed to be. What's all this weakness about trying to commit suicide and getting so down and depressed while he's imprisoned? Guys, if you've ever been around any of the uh, Voice of the Martyrs and really understanding the stories of those that have suffered, it's a story of power of God's grace, not superhuman Christians that went through super, supernatural, uh, unsurmountable odds without it costing now, God in Jesus and his love appeared to him in that last attempt of suicide and then spoke to him about what would happen about his jail term and everything. And it all happened like the Lord said. So, so there is a key here, guys. And let, let's just keep going through the scripture. And I'm going to be focusing a lot on Paul. So, uh, Paul says in Philippians 3, 7 and 8. Philippians 3. 7 and 8. Old school in it Bible here, so got to flip to it. Okay, Philippians 3, 7 and 8 says, but Okay, but whatever was my profit, Paul speaking, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. And then he talks about what does he consider rubbish. You know, it goes up in uh, verses um, 3. We who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for such confidence. If anyone else thinks he has reason... Put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, and as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. Like his reputation was stellar. His reputation was stellar. You know, I had a, a friend of mine talk to me about Paul in, in comparison to the other disciples, and he basically said, you know, he was like the most famous. He had the most money. He had the biggest reputation. He had the most education. He had the most social power. Like Paul was no joke. Like Paul could command a crowd, right? I mean, he was of high reputation by comparison to the other disciples who were more kind of maybe blue collar or whatever. And, and you know what's so interesting? is he is the one that talks about weakness the most. Why is that? 
because there's a key that he's wanting to give us if we would actually start to open up our heart to what the Bible teaches about weakness. So let's keep going. So this is, this is like God speaking. And you can't go wrong with God speaking. Like this is red, red letters in the Bible, right? It is, it is 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 10. And this is what he says. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. This is the, the concept of the thorn in the flesh, whatever that is. Three times I asked the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Before I read the next part, do you know that verse? He says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And don't you want to be somebody that actually God gives grace to versus opposes? My grace is sufficient for you, he says, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Like I could stop right there. God himself is saying, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And we don't like that. And, and you know, and, and when I started to really start to meditate on this, I was thinking, I was thinking like, why doesn't the miraculous happen more? Like, why isn't the Spirit of God and the power of God just so evident? And, and, and I started to conclude, I said, we don't have a theology of weakness. Like, we are healthy, wealthy, good-looking, young, capable, articulate. We can, we can argue with the best. I mean, come on, guys. Robbie Zacharias has nothing on us. Oh, can't talk about him now, right? He was a hero of the faith. Could anybody be more articulate than Ravi? Yet, his strength was his undoing. I mean, come on. Christians, listen to me. God is saying himself, my power. Do you want my power? It's going to ride on the back of your weakness. You want to maintain reputation. You want to maintain looking good. You don't want God to do anything else to mess up any of how you are perceived. My God, get that filter right. You know, make sure all those words are right. Make sure all those points are clear. You know, be articulate. Be smart. And then ask God to move. And he says, my power. Your power is on display. Like, whoo, you're the man. You're the woman. Like, oh my gosh, you're so smart. You're so great. You have so many followers. You have so many smart things to say. But is God's power evident through your life? Is God's power evident in your church? Is God's power evident in your ministry? Is God's power evident in your family? God's power is made perfect in weakness. How did Paul respond to this? Being the guy with such high standards. You know, like such a high reputation. So much education. You know, guys, I mean, please hear me. Like, you're, you, you realize it's pride. You know, you realize that. It's just, if the world and everybody says you're great, you're great, you're smart, you're and you're like, yes, 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 oh, and God move? Like, God's going to move in, in power, but he's not going to make you look great. He's going to look great. You're going to look like the servant that allowed him to move through your life. 
How did Paul respond the right way? Thank God. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness, weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on him. What does Paul want? Christ's power. He had the worldly reputation, the education, the articulation, the, the everything, but he didn't have Christ's power. And, and, and God was putting a situation in his life that he was like, take this out. It makes me look weak or, or it, it hurts my reputation. And, and Jesus says, no, my power is made perfect in that weakness. Paul goes on to say, that is why for Jesus' sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults. I mean, are we just like the culture that just are so good at tearing people apart, right? We're so good at it. We just tear them to shreds, you know, and how they're perceived and what they say. And he, Paul says, I delight in insults. He would love it now. They would be killing. Everybody would be insulting him. So eloquently, too. <laughs> in hardships and persecution and in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong, Paul says. When I am weak, I am strong. Now let's go to Revelations 3.17. I can find that because it's in the back of the Bible. This is Jesus rebuking the church of um, Laodicea. And he's rebuking them for being lukewarm. In verse 17 it says, You say, I am rich, and I have acquired wealth, and I do not need a thing. Man, if God could just look at the heart of so many people that are trying to do God's work, in their heart they said, God, I don't need you. Like, I got it. I got the volunteers. I got the lights. I got everything but the Spirit of God's power evident in this body. I don't need a thing. God, may, may you never see that in our hearts, I pray for you and me. Because we need God. Anyway, he says, you say, I am rich, I've acquired wealth, and I don't need a thing. But you do not realize that you were poor, that you were wretched, you were pitiful, you were blind, and you were naked. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I hope that offends some of you guys. Because that's God speaking to your heart. And God, because he's trying to show you the reality of your need for God. So, I love this verse. I love this verse. There's so many good verses. I think I'm going to end on, i got two more verses. This is in 1 Corinthians 1.26. 1 Corinthians 1.26. Paul had this revelation. He got it. Like he's one, if anybody got it, Paul got it about this, this power of weakness. God really taught him a lot about this. All right, 1 Corinthians 1.26. Brothers, um, hold on a second. Okay. Said, brothers, think of what you were when, when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you of noble birth. 
But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one can boast before him. That is God's heart. He doesn't want anybody boasting before him. Thank you, Lord. And then he says, and he goes on to say 1 Corinthians 2, 1. This is so powerful, guys. Listen to this. Paul saying, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, are we not elevating the eloquent, right? You know, the, the ability to, to just so articulate, you know, and deconstruct, you know, this, uh, you know, the, the world's arguments, all the while lacking the power of God. Come on, guys. It's going to come through your weakness. It's not going to come through the eloquence. And Paul knew this. He said, when I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence and superior wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony of God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus and Him crucified. Amen to that. I came to you in weakness. This is Paul. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. Man, just, I mean, Paul... He used to kill people. He was a religious zealot. And this is what he's saying to the church. I came to you in weakness, in fear, and with much trembling. Wow. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of, spirit, of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And guys, uh, I'm I'm charismatic in theology, and there's this concept of anointing, right? And and, and later on in the Bible, it, it talks about he was rebuking people because they were like, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Paul, I'm of Barnabas. People are like, here's this is my pastor, this is my leader, this is my rabbi. And people are arguing about like who's better. And, and Paul is, and he goes on to rebuke him and say, what, who is anybody is this? You know, Paul waters, Apollos, you know, plants the seed, Paul waters, but only God creates the growth. Like it's the wrong focus. Guys, you should not be like, for example, like your commitment needs to be to Christ. Like a hundred percent. 100%. When you look at your team jersey, it should not have the team. It should not have the, the name of your church. It should have the name of Jesus Christ. You know, it goes on. I'm not going to say, I'll just read, read a portion of it. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of God's power. So his weakness and his fear translated into the power of God and miracles and the anointing of God. Is that not incredible? That is fruitfulness. That is good fruit. And that rides on the back of your weakness. If you want to look good, you don't bother about God looking good because you look so great. You're taking up all the space. 
You know, it's like I was thinking about it like a like a if you're in a line for somewhere. It's like if you're in line, you know, who's in the front of the line? Like God and his power or you and your strengths? Because it can't be both. It cannot be both. If God's going to be in front of the line, you got to be second or third or fourth or fifth or whatever. Because if you're if, you're, if your goal is really God's power being evident in your family, in your business, in your community, in your church, it's got to come at your expense of your weakness. So good. So David wrote, David wrote in uh, Psalm 102.23, I love this psalm. He says, in the course of my life, he broke my strength. I'll read it again. In the course of my life, he broke my strength. That's my testimony. In the course of my life, God broke Troy Mangum's strength. But I stand here today in weakness, but I know that God's power has been evident in my family. God's power has been evident in my life. And it's cost me maybe, you know, my reputation in some regards, but I don't mind it. I would rather God's power be evident than, than have a good reputation. And I know Proverbs say, you know, what, you know, what is the value of a good reputation? But I want a God reputation. I don't want a good reputation. I want a God reputation. And I'm going to read you. I'm going to end with this. I, I wrote this uh, several years ago when we came back from the mission field. And it was just one of those powerful truths that I was able to, to experience because I lived it as it relates to weakness. And this is what I wrote. God does not need our talent, ability, or strength. In the last six months, while I was on mission with Wyoming with my family, I felt like a failure. More so than I had in years. Contrast. I was killing it at work. Things were great. I was having fun. I was making money. I was traveling. and I was doing all this stuff. And then I went to YWAM as a missionary, and it's just like every wart I had got exposed. <laughs> Everything that I neglected in my family got exposed. Like, God just would made me so aware of my own weaknesses and my own failures as a husband, as a dad, as a person, as a follower of Christ. I was so aware of my weaknesses, I wrote, my sin and my shortcomings. Yet in my weaknesses, I gave God my yes and my willingness. That was all he needed to produce fruit. That was all he needed. He didn't need all my talent. He didn't need my speaking ability. He didn't need my three points. He didn't need my funny jokes. He didn't need anything. He didn't need my eloquent voice or my singing on key. Our family saw over 120 salvations in the midst of my personal weaknesses. My 14-year-old son, right, not an epitome of strength. He's a powerful young man. He's bigger than me now. But, but my 14-year-old son, who had never preached a day in his life, <laughs> preached three times. And he saw 55 teenagers come to salvation. We struggled with physical sickness. You know, we had dysentery and, 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 and it was bad. <laughs> it was just, we had um, 
We had like amoebas and it was just really bad. We had homesickness. We didn't, we, the food was weird. Like it never, nothing would ever settle us. So it was all strange, foreign. We had interpersonal conflicts in our family with other families as missionaries and many other things. But God partnered with our weakness anyway to see a harvest one. It just brings me to tears. Guys, like 120 people came to know Jesus and it was on the back of our weaknesses and God's power was displayed through the weakness of our family. And it was an honor to do it. It was an honor. And, and I think that's, that's my heart. You know, the wisdom of weakness. You know, the theology of weakness is you want God's fruitfulness. You want God's fruit in your life. And if you're willing to be of no reputation, if you're willing to be maybe a suspect reputation, because you didn't do it the way other people do it. Or you were more honest than people are comfortable with. Which, honestly, I think this book is probably that. You know what? I, I just, I, I, I'm kind of at a loss for words. I, I should wrap this up and I don't know how to. I guess I'll just pray right now. God, I pray for the listeners and I pray for the people that are viewing this, God. That they would value your power more than their reputation, God. God, that they would want nothing more to honor you, God. Even if it's at their own expense, God, that you would be glorified. God, may they have the same view that Paul says. God, may they agree with you that when you said my power is made perfect in your weakness. God, perfect your power in us. God, use us in miraculous ways to bring miraculous fruit that only you could be cited for. It was from you from beginning to end. Lord, we want to be your willing vessels. You are more than capable. More you are more than able. And God, you just need willing vessels. You don't need our strengths. You don't need our abilities. You All you need is our willingness and our surrender to say yes. And God, we get to have the joy that I've had, Lord, that I've tasted that says, wow, is there anything better than being used by the Lord and creating great fruit? even if it, if it doesn't make me look great. Amen. Thank you guys for listening, and I can't wait to talk to you guys again. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want more information on The Kindling Fire, just go to Instagram, and you can just search my name, Troy Mangum, or The Kindling Fire, and you will find our page. Subscribe to our YouTube channel where we're doing video podcasts as well. Okay, guys, go and be awesome.